Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Avraham Fisher, and this week's uh, Parasha is Vayera. It uh, continues, of course, the story of Avraham, uh, and it will take us from Avraham at the age of 99 uh, up to Avraham. Uh, at the Akedah. We'll talk more about that as we proceed. So this is a critical part of Avraham's life. So uh, the first part of the parasha is when Avraham is in uh, Kiryat Arba, also known as Hebron. Um, according to uh, Chazal, uh, this is not long after Avraham has had his uh, Brit Milah, his circumcision, uh, and Avram sees three visitors uh, that have come. Um, now, but first it says that Hashem appears to Avraham, and that would seems to seem to mean that uh, Hashem first comes to visit Avraham, uh, as Chazal say, to to do the mitzvah bikur cholim to visit somebody who is recuperating. Uh, when Avraham sees these three men, and Avraham. Uh, welcomes his guests. He essentially asks Hashem to wait uh, while he does this important uh, mitzvah. And uh, Avraham and Sarah, with the assist- assistance of uh, of others, uh, serve a meal to their uh, guests. The next part of this uh, visit of the uh, of the visitors um, is that they say in another year. Sarah herself will have a a son. And when Sarah overhears this, she laughs. And Hashem corrects her, uh, essentially saying it's not proper that she laughs because it uh, suggests that uh, there are limits as to what Hashem can do. And of course, Hashem can do anything. In fact, Sarah will have a child, will have a son, one year from this point. When the guests leave, uh... On their way to Sodom, uh, Hashem speaks to Avraham and tells him what is about to happen, namely the destruction of the five cities of the plain. Uh, Hashem uh, decides that uh, this is something that Avraham deserves to know. And uh, Hashem has decided the fate of Sodom, that they are to be destroyed. However, when Hashem tells Avraham this, uh, Avraham argues for the people of Sodom. He says, well, perhaps there are righteous people. Maybe there are 50 righteous people in Sodom. If that were the case, uh, would you destroy all of the cities? And God says, no. If there are 50 righteous people, then I would spare the cities um, because of the 50 righteous people. And then Avraham uh, brings his numbers down Maybe there are 45, maybe there are 40, 30, 20, 10. And it's at that point when it's very clear that there aren't even 10 righteous people in Sodom. Hashem withdraws from these negotiations, from this intense discussion between Hashem and Avraham. And then Avraham returns to his place. The second part of the parasha uh, deals with the actual destruction of Sodom. The, uh, of the original three 
visitors, only two are left, and they come to Sodom. Because I'll say that one has uh, gone back because he has completed his mission, which was to inform Abraham and Sarah about their child. But the other two angels, which are uh, going to destroy Sodom and spare Lot and his family, uh, they continue. When they come to Sodom, Lot greets them. At first, they refuse his invitation, uh, but uh, then they agree to go to uh, Lot's house, and Lot serves them. We get a, an insight into just how wicked the people of Sodom are uh, by what they do when they come to surround Lot's house. Uh, they say, bring out the outsiders. We don't want any of these guests here. And Lot protects his guests. Uh, he does so, that part is admirable, but the way he does it is he offers his daughters in return, which is, to put it mildly, not admirable. Uh, but the angels save everybody by striking the people of Sodom that have surrounded the house with blindness, and so they uh, give up. Uh, the next part is where Lot is actually rescued from the city. The angels explain to Lot what is going to happen. You may take your family before we destroy Sodom. Lot tells his sons-in-law about this, but they do not take him seriously. And uh, so the only ones that the the angels will rescue are Lot, his wife, and the two remaining daughters. Lot tarries. Uh, Lot has uh, amassed a lot of wealth, and the idea of leaving that behind is difficult for him. Uh, wealth is very important to him. Um, and so when he takes too much time, the angels just grab hold of their hands and transports them all out of the city. The instructions they give are, do not look behind you. You do not deserve to see the destruction of Sodom. Instead, flee to the mountain. Lot argues, but I cannot get to the mountain. Instead, let me take refuge in the small city. So he's arguing that one of the five cities, the smallest one, or according to Rashi, the youngest one, uh, should be spared. And this is granted to him so that he can take refuge there. Uh, so he takes refuge in um, the small city, which because he's called it uh, uh, Tsoar, uh, that city is called Tsoar. And then we have a description of the destruction of Sodom. Hashem uh, makes it rain down from, from heaven, sulfur and fire, and also he overturns the entire plain, lifts up the, the uh, whole plain and flips it over. Lot's wife disobeys, and she does look behind and becomes a pillar of salt. So the only ones who are left are Lot and his two remaining daughters. Avraham has witnessed all this, uh, and when he does, he arises and beholds this destruction. And uh, he also knows that Hashem has spared Lot and Lot's daughters. The next part uh, is uh, the last that we will hear of Lot, uh, Lot and his daughters. Lot doesn't stay in Tsoar very long. He goes into a cave. He's afraid about uh, the, the fate of Tsoar. Uh, and so he lives in a cave. And the daughters have come to the conclusion that there is no one left, no one left on earth. So let us get our father drunk so that we can lie with him and then perhaps uh, perpetuate 
uh, humanity. Uh, first, the older daughter does it, and then the next night, the younger daughter does it. As a result, the older daughter uh, has a son uh, called Moab, which literally means from father. Um, and from him come the uh, nation of Moab. The younger one is called Ben-Ami, son of my people, and from them come the nation of Ammon. And that's really the last that we will hear of Lot, although uh, we will hear much more about uh, Moab and Ammon later on in the in the Torah and in the Tanakh. We now return to Avraham, Avraham living in the land of the Pelishtim. Once again, Avraham says uh, of himself and Sarah that we are brother and sister. Avimelech takes Sarah. Hashem comes to Avimelech in a dream and warns him that uh, this is a married woman and you cannot take her and uh, if you do that uh, you will be severely punished. And so Avimelech confronts Avraham and uh, says to him, why did you... Uh, why did you do this? Um, and Avraham's uh, answer is that there is no fear of Hashem here. I was afraid that even here they would kill me in order to take my wife. Uh, furthermore, he says, we are actually brother and sister. We are half brother, half sister. We do not have the same mother. Uh, we are uh, We are married. Um, <clears throat> Avimelech appeases Avraham and Sarah with, with all kinds of gifts. Avraham prays on behalf of Avimelech and his household, and they are cured. The uh, next part of the uh, of the parasha, uh, the first ma- the fourth section of Parashat Vayera, is about the birth of Yitzchak. Uh, Hashem remembers Sarah. And Sarah conceives and, be- and bears a son, as predicted. Avraham is 100 years old and Sarah is 90. Uh, Avraham circumcises Yitzchak at eight days old, which is the mitzvah. And uh, Avraham makes a celebration when Yitzchak is weaned. The fifth part of Parashat Vayera has to do with the expulsion of Ishmael and Hagar. Uh, Sarah observes Yishmael misbehaving and she demands that Avraham expel Yishmael and Hagar. Avraham is reluctant, but Hashem instructs Avraham to listen and obey Sarah. Uh, Yitzchak is your true heir, uh, and therefore you have to focus your attention on Yitzchak. But Hashem says, because Yishmael is your son, he too will become a great nation. So Avram sends Hagar and Ishmael away. The, uh, in the desert of Beersheba, uh, the water uh, has run out, and this is very dangerous for, uh, for Yishmael. And um, ha- Hagar uh, tearfully leaves Yishmael um, and, uh, because she cannot bear to watch what's going to happen. But Hashem listens and 
Hagar sees a well which has miraculously appeared and uh, Hagar is able to give the water to Yishmael and Yishmael survives. Uh, furthermore, Yishmael grows. Um, he lives in the desert of Paran and he works uh, his, as an archer uh, and Hagar provides him with a wife. She finds him a wife from Egypt. And we will uh, we will hear more about Yishmael's uh, descendants uh, at a later time. The next part of the parasha, the sixth section of parasha Vayera, it has to do with the oath between Avimelech, king of Pulishtim, and Avram. Uh, Avimelech comes. He says, "It's clear that Hashem is with you. Swear that you will not be false, neither to me nor to my future generations." And Avram apparently makes this commitment. There's a dispute over the ownership of a well, and uh, it's at this point uh, they make a covenant to make very clear uh, that the well uh, belongs to Avraham, and uh, he uses seven lambs in order to indicate the brick that they have made, and uh, therefore the well is called Be'er Sheva, the well of seven. And then Avimelech and Picho return. There's a brief transitional section after this, uh, seventh part of the parasha, uh, Avraham's Eshel, which might be a type of a tree or a grove or a special kind of tent. Avraham uh, sets this up so that he can provide for others. And Avraham lives in the land of the Pelishtim for many years. The next eighth part of the parasha is the Akedah, the binding of Isaac, uh, which we talked about uh, back at uh, Rosh Hashanah time. At first, Hashem issues a command to take your son, your only one whom you love, namely Yitzchak, and bring him up as a burnt offering. Avraham does so, rises early and prepares, and journeys for three days uh, until Avraham knows which mountain to ascend. Avraham and Yitzchak ascend the mountain together, and when Yitzchak asks, where is the lamb? Uh, uh, Avraham says that Hashem will provide the, uh, the lamb. Uh, but it's fairly, it's very clear that by this point, Yitzchak, uh, understands that he is to be the sacrifice. At the altar, there is Akedah, which means binding. Avraham, uh, ties up Yitzchak to immobilize him. And Abraham is ready to fulfill Hashem's will uh, to, uh, to sacrifice his son. Uh, and it's at this point that the angel calls Abraham and tells him not to do anything to Yitzchak. He has demonstrated that he is God-fearing. Abraham sees a ram and sacrifices it instead. And calls, and Abraham calls the place Hashem Yir'eh, uh, which in context would mean God will provide. The angel blesses Avraham and his descendants because of his loyalty, and then Avraham returns to Beersheba. The ninth and final part of the parasha is uh, the news that Avraham receives about his brother Nahor. His brother Nahor has been living all this time in Haran, uh, and uh, Avraham receives word of the various children and grandchildren that have been born to his brother Nahor, and among those names is Rivka. Uh, and uh, more about Rivka in 
next week's parasha. I want to go back to the beginning of the parasha where the angels inform uh, Avraham that they're going to have a child uh, in a year and Sarah overhears and she laughs. Uh, she says, uh, now that I am withered, uh, am I to have enjoyment with my husband being so old? How is it possible uh, for, for me to have a child? And uh, God gives Avraham Musar. Why did Sarah laugh uh, when uh, when she said, "Shall I, in fact, bear a child as old as I am?" So it's uh, noteworthy that when she speaks of uh, of her inability to have a child or apparent inability, she says, uh, "I'm I'm withered. And my husband is old." Uh, but when God repeats, He doesn't say anything about. Uh, Sarah saying that Avram is old. The Gemara in Yevamot teaches um, that sometimes it's necessary in order to pre- to preserve the peace, Shalom Bayit, it's necessary to depart from the truth because Hashem does it himself. Um, Sarah says, my husband is old, uh, but when Hashem, as it were, repeats it, uh, he says, I am old. Uh, uh, and Rashi uh, says on the basis of this uh, that uh, what God did is he altered her words in order to preserve the peace. The Ramban points out, however, that God isn't uh, exactly lying. What he's doing is he's only repeating part of what Sarah said. Because Sarah did say that she is old. She says, I have I've withered, I've worn out. So that means her acknowledgement, her statement that she's old. So she actually says, I'm old and my husband is old. When Hashem repeats it, he just leaves out the part. He doesn't exactly change what Sarah said, he just leaves out part of what Sarah said. Um, uh, and and when she uh, when she laughed, she laughed about both of these factors, both her being old and Avram being old, which teaches us that uh, although it is permitted when necessary to uh, alter the truth in order to preserve the peace, uh, one should try as much as possible uh, not to alter the truth too much. If you can manage by repeating or saying uh, and leaving out parts rather than actual, actually saying something that wasn't, uh, wasn't true, uh, that's certainly best. I thank you very much for joining me in this exploration of uh, Parashat Vayera. This has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parasha Highlights and Insights saying Shalom.